Hey friends, Tom Johnston here. Welcome back to the Way of the Master podcast. This is episode 19. And with this episode, I'm going to start a multi-part series that I'm calling The Urgent Need. And today is part one of The Urgent Need, and it's entitled More and Better Pastors. Now, I have been involved in pastoral ministry in some way, shape, or form for over 30 years. Uh, the majority of that has been involved in church planting, and now for almost nine years, I've been a pastor of an existing church. It's the first church that I pastored that uh, my wife, Kathy, and I did not start, that we did not plant. And so it's, it's been a, a very wonderful experience, but it's been different from the other experiences we had in catalyzing uh, our four previous uh, church starts. So out of these five churches that we've pastored, we've developed more than 40 people uh, to go out into credentialed ministry through our denomination. And uh, some have gone on to be with the Lord, some are retired, uh, some have transitioned to other fields of endeavor. But uh, from all that, we, we planted eight more churches out of those five churches and sent a missions team uh, to uh, Europe. And so this has always been a big part of who I am and what we do. I think I shared previously that early on in my life and ministry, someone said to me they felt that I was called to be a missionary to the church, to stir up the church to love and good deeds, uh, to move forward towards the uh, preferred future that God had for his church in our country, in our world. And so I've, I, I really believe that's true. I believe that while I've led lots and lots of people to Jesus, I think most of my focus has been on uh, helping the church return to that New Testament uh, paradigm of life and ministry that we see so wonderfully lived out in the book of, it, book of Acts. And in no way, shape, or form have I ever been someone who's wanted to go backwards uh, because I don't believe in that, but I believe there are certain things and certain principles that were placed in um, the church that Jesus has placed there by his Holy Spirit that we see reflected in the New Testament scripture that has set a pattern for us. And so I am increasingly burdened in our day seeing what is happening to the church in our country. As you know, my friend Mike Perkinson and I have written extensively and spoken extensively and continue to do so about the things of the church and that we're facing. You know, I feel like in some ways I can commiserate with the Apostle Paul who said in 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. So I know a lot of pastors, I know a lot of churches, I've been involved in the lives of these leaders and in the lives of these churches, and I am burdened to see what they're enduring in this day and in this time, not just because of COVID, of course, that's a major thing, but because of the shift in culture, uh, the decline of the church, uh, and it's been it's been a very difficult season for people, and I and I feel that burden. I feel the burden of the Lord for the churches, and so I'm constantly praying for these uh, men and women that are in pastoral ministry that I know. I'm praying for their churches, 
praying for movements and friends of mine who lead movements. Um, it's really on my heart to see the church become everything that God intends for it to be. And in our culture, for that to happen, we need more and better pastors. I think, you know, COVID has been a odd blessing to the church because it has shown us what's real as far as who our disciples are. We think often of the great awakenings of our uh, American history, the great revivals, the great revivalists. And I think what COVID has brought to the church is what I'm going to term the great clarification. I think right now we're getting to see who the disciples are in our midst. I think that the onset of the pandemic has broken the normal spiritual disciplines and rhythms of many people. And they have not, either by choice or just because they don't have the skill set to do so, not re-engaged their disciplines. So quite often I hear that churches uh, are back at 25% attendance, 50% attendance, some a little bit more. I know in our church, if everybody showed up, we'd probably have just around 200 people, a little over that. And uh, we, we haven't gotten above like 140, 150 on any given Sunday. And so some of that is people have a real con uh, concern still about being in large groups. I understand that. Our live stream constituency is huge comparatively. But um, the in-presence uh, in, or the, the, the in-person present worshipers on a Sunday, um, it sh shows me who I really have to deal with uh, as disciples. So there's been a great clarification. And uh, again, it's a gamzul latova. This too is for the good. It's not something that we wanted to go through a pandemic, and it's, of course, not over. But it has shown us what's real as far as disciples. Very often there is... Uh, you know, it said that 25% of the church does, you know, 75% of the work. And really what that is, is there is a committed, devoted core of disciples. And then there's everybody else that orbits that core. And so I think we've seen who the core is through this great clarification. But what I know is that there is still a harvest to be had in our generation. So regardless of the situation in the local church, we have to embrace the mission and continue to press into what Jesus has sent us to. You know, he said this in Mark 9, starting verse 35. It talks about his passion for, for those that were lost and harassed. And it says this, And Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogue, proclaiming the gospel of the, of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. It's a very passionate phrase. Jesus is concerned for the church. He's burdened for the people and those that would become part of his church. And he says these very passionate things. Pray earnestly, literally beg, plead the Lord of the harvest to forcefully compel laborers out into the harvest field. And that's where we're at today. We need more laborers because of the heart of Jesus and because of the situation that we're facing. We need more and better pastors.
Now here's some stats, and they're a little rough, so hang on to your seat. 85% of the churches that are currently functioning in the United States are either plateaued or in decline. So 85% are stuck or dying. There's 15% of the church that are growing uh, or are planting churches. So there's some kind of life and multiplication happening. Now, the bigger issue is not just that, but last year, during COVID, 20% of U.S. churches closed, and they will not reopen. That's 68,000 churches, approximately, out of 340,000. So that means there's about 272, 275,000 churches remaining in the United States as a witness to Jesus. Last year, it was the first year the statistics came back that said that we were no longer a majority Christian culture. So we are, are, are quickly moving into the post-Christian era uh, in a greater degree. Now, if you do the math, that means there's one church for every 1,220 people uh, in the United States. And while that might sound pretty good, you're really, for, for true gospel saturation, for the message of the kingdom to get near people, it really needs to be like at 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 a worst case scenario, like one for every 500 people. Or really, we need like 664,000 churches uh, to really penetrate the culture with the gospel. In other words, 2.5 times what we currently have. So we have a massive need for pastors um, and leaders to develop and, and grow and bring health and multiply the life of Jesus in existing churches, but we need those churches then to turn around and start a whole lot more. And so we need all kinds of people to start new churches of all kinds. So I don't care if it's a big church, a house church, a small church, a mega church, a mid-sized church, it doesn't matter. Now, the, the truth is, is that the average church size in our culture is somewhere between 50 to 200 people. So if it's smaller than 50, it's considered a small church. If it's over 200, it's considered a large church. And now everybody thinks, well, America is full of mega churches. Not really. Um, and those things kind of blow up when the leader does. And so they're not as resilient as a smaller local congregation. So really, somewhere around 100 is still the number. And so that's an average-sized church in the United States. Now, there's lots of things going on. So, you know, like, like many people in many different careers, the stresses of, co of COVID have caused many pastors to rethink being in ministry. Literally, I know people who are getting out, and I know people who are thinking about getting out. And I know a whole lot of people are just kind of holding on until they retire, and they don't have much left to bring to the table. And there, there's a pretty huge age wave in the ministerium in our country. While there are lots of young people going into pastoral ministry, there's not as many as there used to be. And there are more of us who are older now. In fact, I'm about to turn 60, and, and a large percentage of the people that, that I know that are doing pastoral ministry are older than I am. Now, and I know lots of young pastors, but the point is, is that as a demographic, the ministerium in the United States is aging. But there is hope in this great clarification that's going on. 
Because, see, we're starting to realize who we really have to work with, who we really need to focus on. If you go back and find one of my earlier um, podcasts, you'll find one called, uh, I think it was called uh, Focus Small. Find that and listen to it, and it'll, it'll help you understand how Jesus did what he did, and he focused on a small number of people. So the great clarification is kind of stripping away the laser light show and and, and the, the smoke machine and everything that, that most people think they need and really bring it down to brass tacks on who are the disciples that you have. Because, you know, in that average-sized church of 100 people, there's probably at least two to three people who can be easily found, who are called and spiritually gifted to some kind of pastoral ministry. Now, that you know, doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be a senior pastor or they're going to go out and church plant, but they're called to some kind of pastoral ministry, disciple-making ministry at, at, at a pastoral level. Now, sometimes there are many more than two to three per hundred. In fact, a number of the churches I have been in have been gold mines. And even though none of my churches have ever been much bigger than 200 people, there's been lots of those churches where I've had six, seven, eight, ten people come out of a church and be mobilized for pastoral ministry or missions work. So understand this, that there is a great opportunity, and we need to get about identifying these people. So the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. We need to pray for God to show us who the harvest, who the laborers are, that are, that are from the harvest, for the harvest? And who are the people that are right around us, uh, specifically the ones we already know, but also wake us up, Lord, to those we don't. And let us see the opportunity that's right around us. Because we need to identify these people. We need to start to call them out and encourage them and give them an upward calling Christ to move forward towards ministry. We need to find training for them. We need to provide training for them. Uh, I think most of you are aware of my heart for a local church mentoring model and apprenticeship. I'm going to talk more about that in the series as we go. But uh, Bible college, seminary, that's all okay. If it's something that somebody can afford to do and has time to do, we need all kinds of different people. We need all kinds of different training. We need people who are second career. They're, you know, 40, 50, 60 uh, years old who have, have re really done what they're going to do in business or in the work world and either bivocationally or volunteer or as, as a vocational pastor, engage in pastoral ministry to see people uh, made into disciples of Jesus Christ. So these people need to be identified, they need to be trained, and we need to mobilize them. In other words, we need to sponsor them. We need to get them moving forward into active pastoral roles that can uh, release the Holy Spirit potential that is within any local church. So, I mean, figure it out. If you find these two, three, four, five people in any given church and see them raised up for that church or for other churches or for church planting, think how fast that 664,000 churches could really happen. So we really need to rethink um, how we see pastoring. And these, the, the, the more pastors and the better pastors are right in our midst, and we need to start looking for them. We need to identify them. We need to have conversations with them. We need to talk about it. We need to mobilize them for ministry. 
and, and get them the training they need to move forward into what God has for them. And that's why I see great hope in this moment. Because, you know, maybe you used to have a church of 200, and now maybe you have a church of 100 or 125. Great. Now you can focus on those people that really want to go somewhere. And in the midst of that group, there's going to be a number of people that could come alongside you in pastoral ministry, that could maybe succeed you in pastoral ministry, uh, or could be raised up to pastor somewhere else or be on staff somewhere else, or to go out and, and church plant or go to the foreign field and do mission work. Whatever it is, the opportunity exists right in your congregation because Jesus has placed the gifting that the body needs within the body. Our job as pastors and leaders is to identify that, to develop it, to train it, to mobilize it. And so these people are there. And so the way that the Lord continues to help me to release my burden I have for the churches is bringing me back to him in prayer and reminding me of the resource of the Holy Spirit in his people. Now, I'll be honest with you. It seems to take longer today uh, raising people up in ministry than it has in previous years. And I think some of that is just where we're at in a psychosocial sense in our culture and, you know, perhaps delayed development or relational development that's not been where it needs to be. A lot more people are a lot more broken, so there's a lot of healing and wholeness that has to happen. Uh, my executive pastor, Tim McGinnon, says there's a longer runway than there ever has been for people uh, getting up and running in discipleship and, and functionally uh, as, uh, as disciples of Jesus. Therefore, it's longer for them in leader development and longer for them coming into the pastoral task. So it does require patience. And that's my great prayer for myself and other people, perhaps like me and my generation, that we would be patient with those who are coming up. So I would encourage you to start to pray for more and better pastors to be raised up right from your local community. And that God would make known those people to you, that he would point them out to you, and that you could engage them in a conversation that would lead them to consider stepping forward and taking responsibility for, the past, for, for the, a pastoral uh, role in the body of Christ. So again, we're going to talk a lot more about this. So don't just run off and think that it's going to look like anything you or I did. Uh, pastoring tomorrow is going to be a lot different than pastoring was in our in our history. So start praying, start looking, ask the Lord to open your eyes to the people that are right around you because the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are right there with you. God bless. Have a great week.